Well, good morning. Good. <clears throat> On this Sunday after Thanksgiving, it's good to see all of you here. <clears throat> Thankful for all that that <clears throat> that are here this morning. Before we begin, we'll be in John 15, a little bit of John 14. Um, we'll be right in there this morning. Before we begin, if we could have a, a word of prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this day, and we're thankful for the opportunity to be able to come here and meet with other brothers and sisters, people of like minds, people of like goals people of like loves. And Father, we're privileged to have your word. Uh, everything that we need to know is in this, this library this, that you've given us, and we're thankful to have that, to have the truth, and to be able to read it and study and reason for ourselves. Help us to do that this morning, Father, in our class time. Bless the teachers in this building and the teachers around the world. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And part of that little prayer, too, was, uh, was that there really was some appreciation. I don't even know why I got there, but in the course of studying this week, um, and, you know, you'll get bouncing around when you're studying. You'll, you'll, you'll go to this passage, and then that'll remind you, and you go to this passage. But it just... What a remarkable thing the Bible is and how we could, the privilege to have it and the privilege to be able to just to, to go and find God's word and not have to, <clears throat> you know, hear it from somebody or their interpretation or, or part of it or whatever. It's just such a privilege and a blessing that we live in a time when we do, that we have such access of this word. We had gotten, <clears throat> excuse me, we were looking through the uh, seven great I am's, and we were, we're now at the, at the final one. We had done the I, I am the bread of, the, of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door of the sheep, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, and I am the way and the truth. And when we get to verse or chapter 15 of John, now he is the true vine. And we read these first few verses, I want you to, to listen for abide or live in. Abide means you know, where we live. Uh, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser, and every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it may bear more fruit. You're already made clean by the word I've spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, and neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I abide in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he's cast forth as a branch and withers, and then the branches are gathered and thrown in the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. We established that 
Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And we ask a simple question, should we be attached? Well, yes, but it's so much more than that. It's so much more than that because we, as we just read, and we'll dig into that a little deeper here in a minute <clears throat> later, but eight times he talked specifically about living in, abiding in. It's not merely a matter of just being attached. It's, it's a matter of living in that vine. So we'll look at that deeper later. Then we had talked a little bit about what the fruit uh, that we're talking about here. What fruit is that? And some people say it's the other souls. Um, I proffered that it's the fruit that comes from living in Jesus Robbie uh, went right to uh, Galatians, that it was the fruit of the Spirit. And um, I, whenever people make comments, let me a little side note. When people make comments in here, um, they don't go unnoticed. And so um, I spent a, quite a bit of time this week because... I really kind of wanted to pin that down, and I think Robbie's probably close, to, closer to it than I was. It would seem to me that that um, the fruit that is in Galatians and the fruit that Jesus is speaking about here are probably two aspects of the same thing. And the reason uh, I think you can we can look at this, let's look at the context of this a little bit, and I think it becomes more clear about that. Uh, and we go back to the, to the previous chapter in, in John 14, and Jesus is talking all, all in that chapter about the role of the, of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit's going to do for his disciples because he's telling them he's leaving. And so um, if we're looking back in John 14, beginning in verse 15, it says, If you, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So there's the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be giving them, and it will live with them forever. The world cannot accept him because neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. Listen to this carefully. You know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. So there's that Holy Spirit that's going to be living with them and be in them which is us, so the Spirit is in us. But I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So Jesus, he's saying, after I'm gone, I will come to you. So he's also going to be there, and before long the world won't see me anymore, but you will see me because I live and you will also live. And on that day you will realize that I'm in my Father, and you were in me, and I am in you. So in, in, the, in, the, in the chapter before, he's establishing that he, that the Spirit will, will live in you, and that he will live in you. And then he goes again and says, whoever keeps my commands is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them, and we will show myself to them. Verse 23. Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. So now that's the Father. So we have, the, we have all aspects of the Godhead, the Father, 
the Son and the Spirit are all going to be in you. And anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. So that's the first thing that's interesting about that. He's, he's, he's granting and guaranteeing them that all aspects of, of the Godhead will be in you. But what he does, this, he, he talks about this abiding again. If you, if you look about uh, verse 10, um, when he says, right after Thomas had said, just, or, uh, he was asked, just show us the Father in, in John 14. Well, then he said, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? The words that I say, I don't speak on my own authority, but it's the Father who lives in me that's doing his work. So there's this abiding again. He's living in God. God's living him. He's using, he's, the words he's speaking are God's words that are living in him. So all of this is abiding, abiding, abiding. And that sets the stage for when we started going through 15, we, the first chunk we read I had abiding eight times in it. So there's already a similarity. But what does he keep, what does he keep talking about? The primary fruit that he's talking about in verse in chapter 14 has to do with love which is that first holy spirit love that we find in galatians so the the, the connection seems to be an easier one to make and and we can and it'll tighten up even a little bit later in the 15th chapter of john now in verse 9 as the father has loved me so i have loved you abide in my love Again, live in my love. And if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I've kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends if you do what I command you. And then verse 17, this command I give you to love one another. So, all this abiding business that was in 14 is in, and has started right out of the box in 15 results in this love. Now it's love, love, love. He had it in 14, he started it here, and he duplicates it many times in 15. Love one another as I've loved you. Or this is the commandment I give you, love one another. So love is that first big fruit commandment that he's given them. And we'll see how it ties up with, with what Paul says. Look in Galatians, the fifth chapter, and you'll see more of this abiding and where this love comes from. Galatians, the fifth chapter Starting in verse 14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So we start again with this rep- repetition of loving one another, or loving your neighbor as yourself. And then verse 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and don't gratify the desires of the flesh. And then it lists the desires of the flesh. But then in verse 18, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. There it is. 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have been crucified in the flesh and its passions and desires. And we who, here we are, live with the Spirit, also walk in the Spirit. So, this abiding business of us in the vine, and why I believe it's so strong, I think Robbie's case is absolutely right. It's talking about that kind of fruit, because here we're talking about walking in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit. That's where this fruit, that's how it's produced. So Paul is essentially restating in, a, in something in a different way what's going on in the 15th chapter, and that is unless you live in this vine, you're not, you're not going to produce any fruit. And the first and primary fruit that he's talking about here is love. And, and there's one thing I, I, I think is really important, and, I, and I've struggled with it. Um, Jesus told his disciples to abide, to live in the vine. And if they did, they would bear fruit. And they would glorify God the Father. Did he, did he, did he command them to bear fruit? Are you commanded to bear fruit? Where is that? Well, there are several references to bearing fruit in the scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, this old mind can't call No, and what we have spent so much of this time already are covering most of those references are the are those references, are they telling you to, are they commanding you to bear fruit? What does it say? And so there it, says, it commands you to bear fruit. I disagree with that, Robbie. What does, read it again. What it commands you to do is abide in the vine. Right. You, how can you bear fruit? Apart from the vine, you can do nothing. You're not going to do anything. Our job is to, our job, our commandment, our what we're to do to gain any of these fruits is live in that vine. That's what we're commanded to do. He told them, you have to live in me. You have to, I'm the vine, you're the branches. You have to live in me. I have to live in you. Because if that happens, you will produce fruit. You can abide and not produce fruit and be cast, cut off and cast to the side. In verse 8, it says, By this my Father is 
Mm-hmm. And how do you bear much fruit? That fruit you're talking about are new Christians, disciples, discipling. Okay. Is that what you're talking about? Well, yeah. that, and I think it applies to us too. And, okay. We can fall. We can fall. Yes, yes. For if we sin willfully, as we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour. When we do see some one of our brothers that needs help, we, or brothers or sisters, we need to be there to help them, to encourage them, to, st- to strengthen them. Absolutely. And the fruit, when we're talking about everybody that we run into, we're not going to convert. That Again, that's, that's not, I don't think that's exactly the fruit he's talking about. It's more in Robbie's thing, and you're confirming that or, or agreeing in the sense that if, let me put it another way. If you live in the vine, which is Jesus, and Jesus lives in you, if Jesus lives in you, is that going to be a secret? Can, can like, no, yeah, I mean, there's, if Jesus lives in you, is nobody going to know about it? Everybody's going to know about it. 
he, he, he will, Jesus and, as we read earlier, the Spirit and the Father, how, how can they live in you and you live in them and it, and, and it not change you? It not change you. If you're if you're not if you're not changed if you're not different than you were before you became a child of God, I'm, uh, something's a little wrong. I'm I'm remo- I'm been at it a long time, but I'm way way different, uh, thankfully, uh, than I was then, because that those fruits of the spirit that that I'm gaining about love and about joy and about peace and about patience and kindness and faithfulness and long, all those things are, I have some of that in me. And I didn't, and, and, and the reason I bring it up, well, first of all, what, what were you going to say, David? Well, I was just uh, thinking that the way Jesus lives in us is by his word. Yes. Yes. Sometimes they might, people might look at us and say, why are you different? And what are you going to tell them? Because I try to emulate Jesus. Because mm-hmm. I'm a child of God. Or he lives in me. Well, the, the, the main reason for bringing it up is that my goal is to abide in Jesus, abide in the vine abide in him as he has. That's the goal. Because it, when I worked at it so long from the other side, it becomes, I don't really know how to get there. You wake up one day and do what? You grind on yourself and say, you know what, I need to be more fill in the blank. I need to be gentleness is one of the fruits. I need to be more gentle. It's this day, and I need to be more gentle. I don't have any of that fruit in me, and I should have it because it says I should have this fruit. Okay, i got to be more gentle starting now. You will fail in a matter of hours. Going at, at trying to assess your inventory of fruit and, and going, how do I get more patience? How do I... I could never get there. Continually living in the word, living in the vine, continually communicating through prayer, through study, everything to live in the vine, that's how you gain attributes of the fruit of the Spirit. Because apart from the vine, you can't do anything. Yeah, like I, as I heard, too often. Yeah, Where, wherever you guys get your lamps, I don't know where you get them, what furniture store or whatever. But how many of you go study and stare and and you finally pick out that lamp that is terrific? 
and you carefully pay, place it in the car and you take it home and when you get home, you look around and you go, now where, where would be a perfect spot for this? I know, under the bed. In the attic. That would be great. It's silly, but how m many times do we take the, the light of the world and squirrel it away like that. If we don't use it, we hide it. <laughs> yes. Well, abiding, this abiding life is really where I, I believe it is. I, when you abide, you're going to capture certain things. My identity, I'm rooting my identity in, in, in Christ. I remain intimate with him through prayer, through his word, through study. And I try to do what the, what he asks, because it's, you know, what, what the vine dresser wants. I try to do what he asks. So there's identity and intimacy and obedience involved. Um, it's, 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 it's how much fruit I bear um, and all of that, it, it, that. Again, it all is part of that, the concept to struggle with. I, it, I don't know that that's exactly my... I, I, it's not my business. I can't make that happen. I can abide. I can, I can abide. I can, I can live in Jesus as the very best I can, and fruit that will happen will come from that abiding in him. How much of it, when it happens, where it happens, will be at his discretion. It really will. I think we're in the abiding business. The fruit production business is God's business. So, and I mean, remember Noah. <laughs> you know, there's a man that says he spoke, you know, with the very spirit of Jesus, and he spoke for 100 years, and nobody else came in the boat with him. So, um, the fruit, fruit part of it is God's business. I think just the, ob the abiding to the very best of our ability is, is our business. Um, and that goes universally. It isn't just your own personal life, but, um, you know, there's no um, church growth programs or, you know, books or whatever. These f the latest trendy lecturer from some college with the f five method steps of doing something. It always has and always will be living in the vine. So, We're, if, if Christ is in us and we're in Christ, then we're going to bear the 
expressed in that outward fashion that says, this is what I want, not just for me, I want it for you too. One of the words where you're, where you're reading from there in Hebrews is, is a case where I have thrown him out. He wants to live in me. I drug him to the door and threw him out. So I don't, I'm not doing this. It's not a shortcoming on, on his part or the Spirit's part. It's I reject it, and I'm not coming back. Well, and I die. You can pray for me as I'm, you can do anything you want. It's I made the decision to, to disassociate myself from the vine. So there isn't any place after that to, but to be cad, gathered up and thrown into the fire. He um, goes on to talk then about, or we talked a little bit about pruning because we don't magically become, uh, you know, like Jesus. I wish it was the case, but uh, it isn't that way. And pruning is defined as trimming or cutting away uh, dead or overgrown branches or stems or to reduce unwanted parts. I don't know if any of you are in the pruning season right now. Um, there's different kinds of it. The ones I sort of brought up quickly, uh, right at the very end last week, was you can, things can be, God can be pruning things in your life to remove what's dead or dying. I mean, there may be some things that you're trying to hold on to that he wants you to let go of. Um, I know when we moved, uh, that was a huge pruning to move out of the little town I'd spent the first 30 years of my life in, um, you know, and then, and then end up out in San Francisco. Um, because you had to grow, <laughs> you had to grow your own faith hard and fast because the, the, the bubble that I loved and was so comfortable, um, wasn't there anymore. And, uh, so sometimes, and I was trying to hold on to some things that I shouldn't have, um, and it was a, it was a good thing. Um, I didn't see it at the time, but it was a good pruning. It can, it can um, remove what's infected or diseased uh, to help you to follow people you should instead of some you are. Um, it can remove some bad habits or mindsets to remove some things that are hindering you or to keep you focused or keep you on the right track. And sometimes without pruning, things just get, get real messy. Um, one of those happened, too. And sometimes they're minor. Sometimes they're real major. Uh, the company that I had built my career on, we merged with somebody years ago, and that was just a disaster. And I could have kept doing that. But the travel was just more and more and more. It was relentless. The politics, the, all the stuff, it was just relentless. And I could have done it. But all that got cut out, <laughs> and I'm better for it. Don't make any money anymore, but uh, but I can sleep at night. So sometimes pruning is painful. Okay, let's look at uh, in uh, the verse seven of, of the fifteenth chapter. There's a certain kind of prayer. Let's talk about that. Um, John fifteen verse seven. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. 
By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be disciples. And then he, he goes on, um, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love is no man. Um, You're my friends, verse 14, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants do not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends, for all that I've heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide, that you should uh, that wherever you ask, whatever you ask in the name of the Father, he may give it to you. And this I command that you love one another. So he's talking to his disciples here. And sometimes we want to pull this, pull this out. Uh, when he's talking a couple of times about uh, ask, if as long as you abide in me and I abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. Am I saying that it's impossible? Are, are you saying that it's impossible for God to reject a Christian's plea? That God will reject a Christian's plea. Is it possible? If you're abiding in God, will he reject that plea? Are you asking me? Mm-hmm, asking. You really asking me or is you just setting me up for something? <laughs> trick question and the reason is 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 the abiding and that's what we I I keep trying to put the weight on that did you see how much we're talking about abiding if you're really abiding in God in that vine what kind of what are you going to be asking for That's right. Uh, even, even a staunchest Christian can on occasion request or ask something that uh, isn't well, God's will. Yes, and, and won't go into an entire, although I would like to after this quarter do an entire thing on prayer. But yes, you touch on a part, listen to us, just listen to us. Mostly what we'll pray for is heal me, you know, fix whatever this is. Um, I need, it, it, somehow directly or indirectly, I need, I need a better financial situation. Or finally, just make my problems go away. That's pretty much what we pray for. Um, uh, uh, unfortunately. But in this case, when we talk about this, there's some specific thing being talked, being told to his disciples at that time in the upper room, and and we need not take this universal. Well, one thing that I need to remember: I can reach such a low point of degradation that God will not uh, 
he will not forgive me. But it's, it's my first rejection. Well, he, he will always forgive you if you want to be forgiven. But we can reach a point of... Uh, but yes, but we can reach the point where we deny him. Again, that's on us, not him. Right. Distance doesn't matter to him. I believe the way it works is Second Thessalonians two eleven. He, he's willing to let you believe the lie if that's where you want to believe. If that's what he's you. He's willing to let you. Well, I, I, yes, he is. If that's where you want to go and are bent to do it, there's a point that it's. When you, um, typically, if you live in the vine, live in Jesus, you're going to be of his mindset, and you're going to ask the types of things that are in accordance with his will, typically. But not not always, and there's no guarantee. That's the key to it, is his will. Right. The cup didn't pass from him, but he still got an answer to his prayer because he was cry- he was weeping, crying, and blood was sweat drops of blood. And after that prayer, even though it wasn't taken from him, he come out of that garden and says, "Wake up! Here they come! Let's go!" So he went from "I don't want any part of this" to "Let's just run! Let's go meet them." But you're absolutely right; it was not his will to to avoid the cross. It's, it's, it's his will. He knows, what's, he knows what is best for us, and sometimes it's not always going to be right. Right. In this particular kind of prayer, in this context that we're talking about here, what is, what is Jesus telling his disciples all in this context? And we'll try to fool ourselves, even. His greatest call was as an apostle, a disciple of Christ, rather. He asked the thorn be removed. God told him, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. And he didn't answer his prayer. Well, in, in that case, it, God knew. Paul has a little issue with pride. And it would appear, we can look back and be Monday morning quarterbacks looking back at everything now. But And it, had he removed the thorn of uh, God knowing what he knows, Paul may have became a little full of himself and went off the rails. Who knows? But his answer was the right answer. And in this particular context of what we're dealing here with, it's all about this abiding in, abiding in, and producing fruit, producing fruit, producing fruit. And this is with his disciples in the upper room. That's the context of all this. 
So when he's talking about, and, and it even, if you read it as it's written, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done. This is, by this, my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So whatever this prayer is, has to do with producing fruit in this particular context. Um, that's what is specifically being done. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should, that these disciples now, these, which will be of his apostles, that you will go and bear fruit and that your fruit will remain, will abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These, it, 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 in, in the context, don't pull this out, you know, where, it, hey, it says in this verse, which we'll do. We'll cherry pick a verse and make a bumper sticker out of it or a T-shirt, and that's not it at all. The context of this has to do with his disciples asking, praying things that will help in the mission of producing fruit. And I don't know what the exact wording was, but keep our, you know, keep a, our our minds centered on what on, on Jesus, even though he's leaving, and and help us to stay strong because we have this mission to bear fruit or whatever their prayer is. But I doubt that their prayer is. Can can I be the vice president when he goes, or you know any of that? That's not what we're talking about here, or anything for them. It was about bearing the fruit. So this particular prayer they're talking about here is bearing fruit. And finally, in just these a few minutes, um, abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ, abiding in Christ, what, what does that mean? What does that mean to you? How do you do that? If you love me, and he'll turn it around the other way, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you keep my commandments, it shows that you love me. It certainly is part of it. It's, it's, it's a, where we live. Abiding is where we live. It's it's what it's everything about who we are and where we are and what we are and what we do. It's where we live. Being in His Word, being in His body. And obeying his commandments. And the primary commandment, and, and, and that's, where we'll, that's where we end up getting messed up at times. What are the commandments? Well, I could start back there and end up over here, and I would have, a, however how many are in here, a different list of commandments. Primarily, where we always start and end and that's why if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Is because the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. The second one is just right like it, and that's to love one another as I've loved you or love one another. 
and, and he mentions it here to his disciples on two or three occasions while he's in the upper Here's the commandment I give you. Love one another as I love you. Later, lo- I tell you, I command you, love one another. So it's abiding in Christ is, is the easiest mark for me to find out where I am in that abiding in the vine is where my love is. And that's, that's a hard soul-searching thing. Because you can be and, and say you're a child of God and live in the vine and live in Christ and, and, uh, and have your, you know, be exasperated with 25 people that are in this family. That's a tough, you need, something's not right. If you've got an axe to grind or you're just perturbed or fed up with a handful of people in here, but you're in the vine, I, something's wrong. Check your love, and love is, love is going to be a big barometer. So really dig in and look at your love, and, and that'll, tell you, that'll tell you a lot about yourself. And the positive side of things. One of these. I'm the world's greatest hitter. Clunk. <laughs> Wait a minute. Here I am. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm the world's greatest pitcher. You know, however, whatever. Be, reflect the, the positive side of things. Well, thank you very much for your comments.